Ooh, that reminded me of a song. What was it? Nothing stands between us. Nothing stands between us. Hey, there was another in the... Okay. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Wrestle to Rest podcast. This is your host, Tierra Benedetto, and this is episode four. Today, we will be talking about considering striving. What is striving? Why do we do it? And why is it not from God? I do just want to give a quick disclaimer. I am just a 23-year-old girl in her bedroom closet the prayer closet. I got holy jeans on. Amen. <laughs> what I mean by that is I literally have a hole in my pants. So I am just a normal girl, not a pastor. So take everything that you hear with a grain of salt, take it to the Lord and be prayerful about it. But I just thank the Lord that he's given me this platform and I just pray and release the spirit of prophecy that in talking about this topic, you will find greater levels of freedom in Christ. And find rest from your work because essentially what striving is is making great efforts to achieve or obtain something that is the Webster's dictionary definition so it's when you're making really great efforts to achieve and obtain something which is great but in the Christian faith we actually are not called to that hey look if you didn't know that here's freedom it's freedom today as Isaiah Saldivar always says some of y'all are gonna get free today from this so amen blessings to the Lord. Striving is not our portion because we've already received everything that we could ever receive through Christ in his perfect sacrifice. He lived a perfect life so that we could stand in the place of righteousness and that was a free gift. There was nothing that we could have ever done to earn it. It's by grace through faith that you've been saved. And so as I was planning for this episode, I felt that these were the two points that were coming up for me and it was like, what about this but also what about this and so they're not really opposing but they're kind of hand in hand when it comes to striving personally so I think that there's an element of trying to work for his presence his love and his inheritance so like trying to receive his affections but then I also think there's a point of working for God and not from God a lot of us work in our own strength to try to please God when we've already pleased him and we're really just called to enjoy and share in what he's already doing And so we will talk about that a little bit later, Um, but a quick word of prayer. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you are the faithful one. You are the one that holds on to our inheritance. Well, thank you, Jesus. That's 1 Peter 1, I believe. And I just thank you, Lord, that you store our inheritance for us in heavenly places, that we don't have to work for your love, but that you've given it freely by your son. And I just pray that you would open our eyes to the beauty of resting in you, the beauty of abiding and would you just impart to us further our inheritance in you in Jesus most mighty name I pray amen and amen so the first point I want to talk about a little bit is trying to work for his presence so when I was a kid I do want to share a personal example when I was a child I had both a mom and quote unquote a dad in my household but this father figure was not very receiving of me. I always felt like to get his attention, I would have to do something that was like a value, like a celebration type of thing. And I felt like I really had to work to get his attention. Um, And I feel like that really caused me to act out a lot in a lot of my relationships, especially with teachers and things. Like 
if I could get attention from people, then that's how I felt loved and how I felt like people would come near to me. Um, and I think that further manifested into me being like the people pleaser, like the most outgoing person in every room. I always felt like I had to earn people's attention, earn people's love by always being there for them or being the person that they wanted me to be. And I'm just so thankful that the Lord has shown me that that's not Romans 8:15. It says the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you have received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry out, Abba, Father. Amen. And so, Abba means Father. So, in um, Aramaic, I believe. Could be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. And so, in Christ, we have received the Holy Spirit. And by the Holy Spirit, as Romans 8 says, you have received the spirit that you cry out, Abba, Father. We have a spirit that testifies in us that we belong to God, that we don't need to work for it. If you think about a healthy child's upbringing, they shouldn't have to work for food. They shouldn't have to work for affection, work for love. And so if God is a perfect father, that is not something that we need to beckon for. And it's actually ours for the taking. That's why Christ came, so that we could know the father and that the father would know us. Jesus says, if you know me, you know the father. And so amen I'm so happy that that is true um but on the opposite of that a lot of us think that we have to work for it like force ourselves to receive this blessing from God like another example is this past week we had Lindy and Chase Kofer speaking to us in our class and I just came into that day really just so tired of feeling like I had to work for this encounter with God and I just came in and I laid it all out before God. I was like, Lord, I'm not going to work for your presence because I know I've already received it. And in that place, if I didn't feel that I was, you know, super spiritual in worship, like feeling his tangible presence, like that is a disclaimer about Christianity itself. You're not always going to feel the presence of God, but we rest assured that he is in us and with us and that he's not going to leave us or forsake us. Amen. And so on that day, I essentially just was like, God, if you want to encounter me, you do what you're going to do. And y'all, I got hit by the spirit of God. Like I was like, man, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like the Lord just knocked me over with his love and his mercy and his forgiveness. And from that place, like it was snotty crying, screaming, being delivered from like, I don't even know what I was being delivered from. I was like, oh, shit, that I ate. Cool. That my side. The, the tongues came out. There you go. Um, But the Lord touched me that day. And I know full and well that I did not work for that. Like he gave it to me because he desired to give it to me. He desired for me to know him fully and know his presence more I mean not know him fully but experience his presence once again I think we need to experience his presence daily it's daily bread for a reason anyways we're getting off of the topic of striving so I'm gonna just get us back on track um in that place of just laying it down before God and saying God I know that I've received you I know that you died for me 2,000 years ago I don't need to work for you that you love me and that you want to reveal yourself to me more than I want you to reveal yourself to me and so through Christ we have received all love freedom grace favor nearness and mercy in the gospel 
of Jesus Christ and that is his life and so I've laid out a few scriptures that just testify to this John 1 16 says and from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace from his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another so this speaks to the fact that we did receive grace and we did receive favor in Christ and through his Holy Spirit thank God his Holy Spirit resides in us the Holy Spirit not not his the Holy Spirit is God and so God himself resides in us second Timothy 2 1 says you therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus so in Christ we have grace and we can stand strong in that grace that is given through Christ and we know that we are one with him by his death his burial and his resurrection lastly in okay no that was the last scripture that I have for that but I know that there is a scripture that says we have been brought near by the blood of Jesus that the blood of Jesus is the reconciliation that we have to the father because there is nothing standing between us and the father anymore there's our sin does not stand between us and so oh that reminded me of a song what was it nothing stands between us nothing stands between us hey there was another in the, okay another in the fire by house fires if you don't know it's not house fires it's hill song yes hey get into it okay so why do we strive for what we already have you're like if this is not right why do we do it it's because we don't one we don't know that we have it or we don't accept it which in other words is unbelief whoa yeah that's unbelief if you don't believe that it's already been given to you it's unbelief and hey I'm, I'm preaching to the choir because baby I literally went into a spiral of unbelief this whole day y'all like it has been attack after attack in unbelief and so I'm not above anybody in unbelief but when we don't believe God for who he is and we are not completely sold out for what he said he has given then we are in unbelief and I do want to like kind of share the Greek wording for that because I looked it up I use the blue letter bible now that I figured out how to use it I feel like the platform was so confusing in the beginning but now that I figured out how to use it I've been looking up the Greek words for things because I like to have a firm understanding of what I am reading because it was originally the new testament was originally in the Greek and so yes let's read that the first word that appeared is apostia. Could be saying that wrong. Apostia. Apostia. And that is what that translates to is unfaithfulness or faithlessness. So in this, I kind of want to just debunk what unbelief actually is. When they say unbelief in the Bible, what do they mean? So it's lack of faith. Wow. Okay. I mean, that seems obvious. But the second one says it's apostio. And it says, want of faith or unbelief, showing and withholding belief in the divine power or in the power of the promises of God, in the divine mission of Jesus Christ by opposition to the gospel. Ugh, Hitler, it's saying you're withholding belief. And that reminds me of Romans 1, where it says every person has known that there's a God, but they just choose to reject him. And in that rejection, we, our hearts are hardened more in unbelief. And so... I think it's beautiful that it says withholding like we have belief that something exists that is higher than us but we just don't want to believe it's God and 
I don't ever I don't think that that always has to do with us I think a lot of times it's demonic oppression the devil comes and tries to lie to us and say that God's not real in a point where we start to believe it or we're like did in the garden the first lie the same lie that Satan has been using from the beginning is did God really say did God really say doesn't look like he said that well you didn't die he said you were gonna die if you ate the apple and you didn't so he must have been lying you know and it's like if we feel like oh I don't feel like God is near to me we're saying that God must not be which is not true usually it's our own hardness of heart or our own sin or our own mind condemning us that we separate from God so God is always near us we just need to grab hold of his promises and so I know that it sounds easier said than done especially for myself but the only way that we can miss out on God is by our unbelief or our rejection of him he has already chosen us we get the choice to choose him And so we don't need to work for his presence in love. We just need to simply receive it. And if you feel like you haven't been receiving the love of God, ask him, why is that? Why am I not able to receive this? What lies am I believing? What lies is the devil trying to say to me? And repent. Or what lies do you, have you formed yourself about God based on your circumstances, your childhood? A lot of times that can happen to us where we're like, oh, this happened when I was a kid. God, you must be the same way, which is not true because he's a perfect father. And that pretty much concludes point one. I hope that that made sense. And I do just want to say that unbelief is not always, oh, I don't believe there's a God. I think it's lacking faith. I think that we can have a small faith and the Lord still honors that. I learned that in the Mike Bickle um, sermon on the Song of Solomon. But just because we have little faith doesn't mean or just because we have a little faith, an immature faith, and a, only a little bit of love for God doesn't mean that we don't love him. It just means that we're growing in it. And so God knows our hearts. If you feel like you really just really are not connecting with the fact that God has these promises for you and like you honestly feel like you cannot understand, like you've repented, you've tried to get deliverance and you still feel like you can't, then just trust that God knows your heart and that God knows that you aren't in rebellion you're not in rebellion you just are immature in faith and that's okay because he promises to give milk and he promises to give daily bread to those who seek him and so yeah you don't need to work for it just rest rest in where you are with the lord and i'm preaching to myself right now y'all we just need to rest in where we are with god right now and trust that it's a process and that we will grow into the fullness of the knowledge of the presence and love and inheritance that we have in Christ. Amen. Okay. And the second way that we can fall into striving is working for God instead of working from God. And so this point sounds very similar to the first one, but essentially this is no longer talking about receiving the love of God in the inheritance that we have in him, but more about going out from God. And so A lot of times people work really hard in their own strength to experience God or to please him. It's essentially doing all the religious things void of experiencing the love of God. So God saved us because he loved us. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. So he wants us to know that we're loved. The point of him coming was so that we could be adopted back into his family, that we could be restored to the garden. And so purpose of all of this is to love God and know that he loves us 
But some people end up in this religious mindset where they're like, if I just do this, if I do this, if I do this, like if I go to church, if I pray every day, if I read my Bible every day, um, then I'll make it to heaven, which those are great things to do. But they were never meant to be done just so that you can feel like you're earning God's love. This sounds very similar to the first point, but I do want to kind of talk about um, the going out. It's like a lot of times I, a personal example, if I feel like, okay, I'm called to be an evangelist. Y'all, I feel like I'm called to be an evangelist. I've been running from that calling for so long out of fear because I'm afraid to talk to people. But if I go out and I start ministering to people and I start being like, oh, I told five people the gospel. Yay. Like, that's, oh, I I told five people the gospel. And so the Lord must be so happy with me. Well, he's already happy with me because he sent his son to die for me. And his son loves me. And he loves me through his son. And I'm made clean and pure and righteous. (laughs) Like, if I know what I have in God, that's all that matters. He's not pleased about what I do and what I don't do and a lot of people that's a hard topic for a lot of people because we think that we have to work it's part of human nature to think that you have to work for a holy God but he's already made the way clear we don't need to strive and perform in other words dead works so if we're not familiar what dead works are it's essentially if you believe that your works make you righteous before God not grace that his son has given and you are working from that place, like doing things for God out of that mindset. Like if I do this then I'll be right with God, if I keep the law, I'll be right with God. You are performing dead works because they don't actually please God. <laughs> dead works don't please God. They need to come from a place of love. Like God loves me. This is why I'm doing it. Because first of all, God is already pleased with you and he always will be by the covering of his, of his son. The perfect sacrifice. When God looks at you, he sees Christ. When he looks at Christ, he sees you. And we know that Christ was perfect. Amen. Second of all, you aren't made righteous or saved by anything that you could ever do. If this was true, then the law could have stayed. <laughs> if we could have if we could have become righteous by the law, then there's no reason that the law would have ever needed to end. God is a holy God and the law is good but we are unable to keep it. Therefore, Christ came to earth to keep it on our behalf. God is holy. His law is the law of a holy judge and a holy God, but he's given us abounding mercy and grace. We we can't work for it. The Israelites proved that for us. That's why we have the Bible, so we can remember that it doesn't work, that we needed a savior, and he chose to come. So anything else we're doing outside of that, outside of grace and the covering of Christ is striving. It's not working from God. It's working for him and feeling like we can achieve righteousness on our own sake. And we cannot. Sorry to tell you. So I did want to share an example of dead works in the Old Testament. So I'm going to be reading from Isaiah 58, 3 through 9. And he's kind of talking about fasting, but... This was kind of a dead work that they were working in. And so, verse 3. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarrels and, and strife and ends striking each other with wicked fists. 
You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is this what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is it not? Is this not the kind of fast that I have chosen? To loosen the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, and to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear and then righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Hey, so basically how he starts is saying what they have said to him. They're like, God, why haven't you shown yourself to us? We've been fasting. We've been fasting. Don't you see what we're doing? Don't you see what we're doing? But he's like, you're missing the point. The point is that you would free the captives, that you would not turn your back on your own flesh and blood. It would be that you would humble yourself. This is what he desires. You know, we do these things we think that God wants, but we actually don't know what he wants at all. He wants us to extend the love and mercy that he has first shown us. Not try to work for righteousness. Hey, so he's like, don't ask me why I'm not showing my face in your fasting because you're doing it for the wrong reason. And that can extend into things in our own life. Like, God, why, why am I not successfully sharing the gospel? Why are people not coming to Christ? It's because you're not doing it out of love. You're doing it because you want God to say something to you and, and give you grace and blessing, which he wants to give you grace and blessing in those places. But it's missing the point. The point is that people would be reunited to him and that you would know that you were loved by God enough to share it with others. <laughs> hey, y'all, I seriously, every time I make these podcasts, I'm like, am I making any sense at all? Thank, thank you for bearing with me. I know that I have a lot of people that are listening. I know I said this in the last podcast, but honestly, y'all, as I make this podcast, I'm thinking about people who aren't like super in the faith. And I really just want to make sure that if they're listening to this platform, that they're receiving the true heart of the Father, and the true heart of the Father is love and not works. It is grace. It is mercy. And that he is a really good God. He's a just God also. Though he is gracious and merciful, he's just. And he will see to justice being fulfilled, even if that means that you're disciplined, you know? And discipline doesn't always look like punishment. It's, these are the natural complications of your actions. Yeah. Thank you for bearing with this. Um, but again, the Lord desires that we come to listen and not sacrifice. We talked about this in a previous podcast, but it's Ecclesiastes 5. Um, basically, in that scripture, he says, don't come and like give all these things to the Lord thinking that that's what he wants. He wants us to come and listen to him and know him and be obedient to him, not sacrifice ourselves for his approval. And then lastly... In John fifteen fifteen, it says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master is doing. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last so that whatever you ask my name, the father will give to you. So no longer does he call us servants, but we are his friends and we know what he's doing. And we know that we have been given this ministry of reconciliation to bring people back to him and to know him as a loving father, not a slave master. And anyone who knows him 
like truly knows him and knows his father's heart knows that that is not the type of God that he is. And so in conclusion, we don't have to work for his love or his presence. He has already given it freely through his son. If if we don't have a reality of this, we need to sit at the cross longer and see why God, why God sent his son, why Jesus went to the cross by his own will. It was for our freedom and it was so that we would know that we are loved forever. We can always look back to the cross and see when someone died for us. <laughs> wow. And he wants us to receive the gift that he's given. No one gives a gift and withholds it. Like he wants us to see it. He wants to reveal himself. He knows that we need him to reveal himself and so I just would urge you to cry out for him and say I don't see you right now I feel like I have to work for your presence why is that reveal yourself show yourself to me please Lord Jesus and second point in conclusion is we work from the source that is God we work from what we've received we don't need to muster it up in our own strength and we should definitely not be just doing things to do them thinking that we can become the righteousness of God that will get us to heaven one day. The point of the Christian faith is to know Christ, to know him crucified, and to know that he died for you and that he loves you. And it's such a valuable point. It's such a, um, I feel like a very withheld topic in the church, the modern church today. I mean, there are definitely a lot of churches that are holding on to it, but your works are not what God desires. He desires your heart. <laughs> He desires your heart. He desires to know you and works come second. You could do nothing ever again and the Lord would still love you all the same. He has never loved you less than he does now and he never will because he's claimed you and marked you and sealed you. And that is, of course, if you're in Christ and have confessed Jesus as Lord. And I would encourage you to confess Jesus as Lord if your heart is stirring towards that right now, because the word does say, if you hear his voice today, do not harden your heart because your heart like we said earlier, unbelief will harden your heart to God and it will be harder to see him even more. The more we reject him, the harder our heart, the harder our heart gets and the harder it is for us to see him. But the beautiful gift is that we have repentance through Christ. We can repent and say, Lord, I know that I've hardened my heart towards you in my rejection of you, but Lord, would you please forgive me? There's always forgiveness and always grace in the new covenant and Thank God for that. We do not need to strive for it. It is a gift and we just need to humble ourselves and come to him and say, Lord, I need you. So thank you for coming to the closet again. This is your host, Tierra Benedetto, and this is the Wrestle to Rest podcast. I'll see you next week. <laughs>